0: hello overland journal podcast listeners this is ashley giordano senior editor at expedition portal and overland journal today's podcast is a great one it features maria leander and lennox a family of three traveling the world in their 1977 mercedes-benz truck although we didn't get a chance to film this particular podcast it's still well worth the listen So tune in and learn all about this family of three, also known as Akalo World. More details can be found in the show notes below, and this podcast can be listened to on all streaming platforms.
1: This content is brought to you by Overland Journal, our premium quality print publication. The magazine was founded in 2006 with the goal of providing independent equipment and vehicle reviews along with the most stunning adventures and photography. We care deeply about the countries and cultures we visit and share our experiences freely with our readers. We also have zero advertorial policy and do not accept any advertiser compensation for our reviews. By subscribing to Overland Journal, you're helping to support our employee-owned and veteran-owned publication. Your support? also provides resources and funding for content like you are watching or listening to right now. You can subscribe directly on our website at overlandjournal.com.
0: Hello, this is Ashley from the Overland Journal podcast. I am Senior Editor at Overland Journal and Expedition Portal. And today I have some very special guests. You may know them as Akela World from the Internet and they are a family of three from Austria, and they are traveling the world. You may have seen their 77 blue Mercedes truck uh, on Instagram or traveling the world, so very grateful to have them here today. But first, we're going to talk to Lennox. Hi, Lennox. How are you? I'm good. (laughs) How old are you?
2: Right now I'm 10, and in
0: January 23rd, I'm going to 11. Ooh. And how long have you been on the road for?
2: Five years.
0: Five years. So that's been half your life almost. Yeah. Do you remember what it was like before? Not really. Not really. Cool. So where are some of the places that you have traveled to?
2: Turkey, Iran, Mongolia, Russia. Japan, Australia, Indonesia, uh, the USA, and Canada.
0: Just a few. Well, great. (laughs) I know, there's more than that, right? (laughs) You're just pointing to a map that's up on the ceiling. And it's one of those, yeah, scratch-off maps where you scratch off the, the countries that you've been to. So what are some of the best memories that you have from... One of your travels.
2: A really funny memory was in my favorite country, Japan, and it was my sixth birthday, I think. And we were at a Japan family, and the guy was the father of a son, ordered a cake from me for the birthday, and he was just eating the cake with chopsticks. Ah! Amazing. It was a funny memory.
0: That takes some um, some skill and patience. <laughs> and patience. What kind of cake was it? Do you remember? No, don't remember. <laughs> <Not> chocolate. chocolate. <laughs> what other things did you do in Japan while you were there?
2: It was the first time I really like went good skiing like for a bit of time, and I really was kind of good at it. But then we stopped, and now in Austria, I finally learned it again.
0: Did you start skiing in Japan or did you start skiing before that? I s-
2: started skiing before that, but in Japan it was like the really good skiing, like with the good snow and like for a long time. Nice powder. Like for a long time,
0: yeah. I heard that you the snow was so deep that when you were skiing, you ended up jumping into a I big pile.
2: I wasn't jumping in a pile. <laughs> it
0: was
2: just like a straight line down. It was, like, very sick powder, and I was just, like, going like normal, but then I just went down in the snow. Because it was so deep. Yeah, and then I was just stuck, and I was crying for help, but I think my screams were so muffled that nobody could hear them. Oh, no!
0: But somebody got you out, obviously.
2: my dad went up again.
0: Good. That's good to know. That must have been a lot of snow. Yeah. But also... Scary. <laughs> what other experiences in Japan do you remember in particular? Did you meet some other kids there? No, 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 kids. no other kids. But mm. the
2: same guy that bought me the birthday cake, we went out for dinner, and I and we all bought some dong. That's the Japanese soup with noodles, mm-hmm. noodle soup. And he was just eating the soup with chopsticks, and I was just like amazed, looking at my own spoon, and I was like. What? How can you eat it like
0: that? It's <laughs> amazing. Did you learn how to use chopsticks in Japan? No. I can't really do it. Anymore. Yeah, it takes some time and, like yeah. you said, patience. Yeah. Did you meet kids in other countries that you spent some time with or yeah, and became USA, friends with?
2: I was in the like the best kids on the world trip Oh. because we were two families, both with two gir- girls, and they were like into climbing, and canyoning, and seeing nice. like, a canyon, that sort of stuff. And I was really good friends with them. That was the best time with the kids, I think.
0: Were they also living on the road, or were they living in one, the house?
2: One of the families, they were living in a camper, but they were not like traveling, I think. They were just like staying in a very big camper in schooly. And the other family was, like, in a house, like, in a house, not traveling.
0: Gotcha. They
2: just went out.
0: So they were fun because they did lots of different types of activities yeah. that you liked. Yeah. Did you meet other kids in other countries that were also living on the road?
2: In Greece, there was, like, two families. And we met them, and they both had kids. They were also really fun to play with, and so we also went lots in the water.
0: Oh, nice. You like the water, hey? Yeah. What do you like about it?
2: It feels like you you can just, like, fly, but it's not in the sky. It's under the water. And I love the feeling when my head's under the water, and I can do whatever I want.
0: You can see all sorts of things down yeah. there? You were saying, was it yesterday, that you really like snorkeling. Is snorkeling that right? Snorkeling
2: and diving.
0: Yeah. yeah. Have you seen sort of sea creatures while you're snorkeling or coral or fish? Oh, what did that look like?
2: Like, like kraken eight tentacles.
0: That's really cool. Awesome.
2: There's uh, stingrays and manta rays.
0: Nice. What areas were you snorkeling in, mostly?
2: Indonesia was the best time in the water.
0: Mm. I've never had. Must have been nice and warm.
2: Yeah, at the most water creatures I've ever seen in my life was all in Indonesia. We've seen a whale shark. We've seen lots of rays. Seen a kraken.
0: Octopus. Cool. So you feel really comfortable under the water, obviously. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about your living quarters. You showed me your bed set up yesterday, and it's really cool. You have like a bunch of really beautiful photos and some stuffed animals, and you showed me some Lego that you brought out, and oh, your uh, clothes are organized back there too or something, right? Yeah. What is it about that space that you enjoy?
2: It's more like I feel when I'm in there, I feel like it's a little cave, just the outside world, and then like in my little space, and when I want to be alone, I can just take the curtains and pull them out so nobody can see me anymore. Mm. it's just like a bit of private space when i want
0: it yeah i imagine because you're with your family all the time which can be great i'm assuming but you're in this i mean this is a small space compared to a house but it's quite spacious in here but it's nice to have a little break to yourself to do whatever you want what do you do when you're in there by yourself are you playing with lego Reading. I'm playing with my Legos,
2: I'm reading, I'm playing video games.
0: Well, what's your favorite video game?
2: I'll go for Lego Star Wars. Yeah, you like Lego, Star huh? Star Wars videos. Nice. Just on the thing. you know, just like online. Nice. It's really fun.
0: And what was the Lego you brought out yesterday that looked really cool?
2: It's from the Guardians of the Galaxy and it's the ship.
0: Do you have other Lego as well? Or is I that do the you
2: have a whole lego box in there too but not not like not like the ones like a ship it's just lego pieces nice I f- can't just build whatever i want
0: what are your favorite days when you're traveling like what does your favorite day look like what do you do during that time or does it depend it
2: depends where you are. I mean when you're in the mountains and there's snow I would love to go
0: skiing and after skiing have a hot chocolate. (laughs) That's that's really nice. Or when you're in
2: Indonesia you go in the water, see very much ants You come out.
0: Are there any favorite foods that you have that you've tried or that your mom and dad make? Lasagna. Lasagna. My
2: mom doesn't make it very often. Maybe one time in a year, but it's my favorite dish. Yeah,
0: yeah. It can be difficult with...
2: No, 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 no. But I can tell the story. We were in Mongolia and we met some nice people in a yurt. It's just like a house, but like way smaller, made out of fur, animal fur. Mm Mm-hmm clothes or whatever they have to build it they invited us for breakfast and so in the morning I stood up I came out I came into their yurt and they said like oh hi come in for, for breakfast and they served me old butter from a yak and stone hardy bread and I was just like wait a minute. I got outside. I went in the truck and told my mom, 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 please don't make me eat this, please. It was so disgusting. Oh, no. She didn't believe me that they wanted to serve me this, so she came inside, and she was like, Okay, you're fine. And so I didn't have to eat it.
0: It seems like uh, growing up, no matter whether you're in a yurt in Mongolia or... You're at your parents' place or your grandparents' place. There's always something when you're a kid that you're like, no, thank you. <laughs> are you doing a homeschool program or what kind of schooling are you doing? Or are you we doing are any? are
2: doing homeschooling. My mom and my dad are teaching me and they know what they have to teach me because they take the books from the school that I should go into. They just take the books my mom teaches me how to do everything in the books, and I have to do it. But we don't do it very often. I mean, the last time the last time I was learning, it was like a month ago. Mm-hmm. So there's no, like, program. When it's not cool weather outside, we do teaching and learning. But when it's nice weather outside, we don't do it, and we just do something outside.
0: What kinds of subjects when you're doing homeschooling are you learning about?
2: My mom teaches me Maas, German, and my dad teaches me, like, geography, biology.
0: What are your favorite subjects?
2: My favorite? I don't know the subject of my favorite class in English, but in Geschichte. Oh, yeah, history. History is my favorite.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Have you been able to learn about the places that you've been traveling through, as a way to learn history of that area or are you learning it, it like through a kind of textbook or like work when,
2: when we're sheets? like just for an example here in Canada my dad learns me about the the Indians that were here. Mhm. But when we're in Greece he learns me about the gods, the Olympic gods that used to live here.
0: That's probably a really fun way of making history interesting because you're in that place yeah. learning about it. And you can see it yeah. in the sculptures or the yeah. the buildings or yeah. like here you guys will see totem poles further towards Vancouver. There are also other sorts of indigenous sites that you'll probably see along the way, which is really okay. a cool way of learning about the history. Yeah. So that's cool. So they give you do they give you textbooks from the school or is it more like a worksheet online?
2: It's like a textbook from school I should go into and we do that a little bit. We do a little bit on an online app where you can also hmm. do it. But mostly my dad reads it on the internet and then he shows it to me in like history books not from school, he just bought them and he, he reads it out loud and I can listen.
0: Have there been any stories or things that you've learned about so far that have been your favorite or, like, particularly oh, interesting? Oh, we haven't
2: gotten far yet, Leon, we only <laughs> went to the Stone Age. <laughs>
0: okay. That's fair. <laughs> I
2: only know, like, one very important thing, but I don't know the name in English. But when this isn't the me, to the what, what, what is it all
3: about? It's, uh,
2: like, when the people lived in Stone Age they were, like, wandering around and traveling, but, like, hitchhiking. Hitchhiking. That's right. the word. And when they um was Western mm, Transformation. Yeah, when they, like, transformed into Homo sapiens all the way, they were, like, some of them were staying in one place and doing farm work, like planting seeds, growing mm. trees, earths. All the Neolithic
0: The Neolithic Revolution. Very interesting. So you guys have been in Canada for a few months now, and I know that you've had a lot of challenges while you've been here, from you know vehicle issues to finding camping. And tell me some some of the challenges that you guys have been experiencing here.
2: Mosquitoes when we're trying to sleep. Oh yes, the The worst thing that's ever happened to me. And there were like so many. There were so many mosquitoes in Canada. It's like the worst mosquito place I've ever been to.
0: That's crazy. Yeah, we were talking about this, how it's been the worst mosquito season I've ever experienced uh, in Canada because we have a really late summer and a really wet, wet spring more than usual. Yeah, that's not great. You were saying that you're climbing in Revelstoke and all the mosquitoes are biting you when you're climbing. Which... In the heat. Yeah, in the yeah. heat. Yeah. Oh, man. What other kinds of challenges have you experienced here so far? Long driving days. Yeah. It's also very, very bad. Yep. Yeah, Canada's a big country. Uh, What are some of the things that you've enjoyed?
2: I enjoyed all the lakes here in Canada. They're also clear here, more on the the West Coast. Even if they're cold, I loved swimming in them. Mm.
0: That's...
2: Very, that's like the best thing in Canada till now. And I also saw a bull eating closer than ever before.
0: Ooh! Did you guys see any bears? Yeah. Yep. Oh, okay.
2: Black bear, two cups.
0: And no grizzlies yet, though. No grizzlies yet. Mm, no, nope. you probably won't see any, but you'll probably see some whales and some sea life when you head towards Vancouver, Vancouver. Yep. more like Vancouver Island. So that'll be really nice. I hope
2: I see Oricurs. Oh,
0: yeah. See them, too. Do you ever see
2: one?
0: I have, yeah. Yeah, they're amazing. What else do you like about living on the road or don't like living about it? I guess it's what you know because... I
2: don't like living on the road because we're together 24-7. Right. 24 hours a day, seven days a week. That's the thing I don't like. I mean, of course... I love my parents and I would love to be together with them, but not as long as this. Mm. So I think we all need a break and we're glad when we're going home so we have a break from each other.
0: Are there times during the day where you guys kind of Like, get a break from each other? Maybe, like, one person goes off on a walk or... Only when we're angry.
2: Okay. (laughs) So, my dad kicks me out of the truck or goes alone out of the truck. That's, like, the only time.
0: Yeah, it's good to have your own space. And you said you've got your your bedroom in there and you can go and have some quiet time, which is good. What are some things that you really enjoy about life on the road?
2: I really enjoy that we that don't see the same thing every day, that we always move, that I always see different places almost every day.
0: Yeah. That's
2: the thing I really enjoy. I enjoy all the animals I see, bald eagle, whale shark, yeah.
0: Do you get a chance to go and visit any family back home once in a while? Yeah. yeah.
2: But only when my dad has to go to work on the Oktoberfest. And then I can visit my friends and my grandma.
0: Oh, nice.
2: One time my grandma visited us, uh, visited us in Indonesia on Bali, but that's the only time she's ever visited us. That
0: must have been a nice visit. Did yeah. she have a good time?
2: Four-star hotel.
0: Ooh, yeah. Good I stuff. I
2: visited her there, and I could stay there for two days.
0: Is there anything that you would want to share about your experiences on the road or anything you want to add that i haven't covered if there are any other kids out there that are listening that are on the road or any other people that are thinking about living on the road do you have any any advice. Thing, any advice yeah or any thoughts if you ever
2: go to canada always take a mosquito spray with you
0: <laughs> that's good advice
2: it's pretty much everything i would Want to
0: say? Well, thank you so much for you're the welcome. great interview. It's, it was a pleasure. It was a pleasure for me, too. And I loved hearing about how much you love being in the water and all the animals that you've seen and all the things you're learning about and everything like that. So thank you so much for taking the time. Okay. Thank you. So I'm here with Marina from Aquila World. Thank <laughs> you so much for joining me on the Overline Journal Podcast.
3: Thank you as well (laughs) for following us and coming down here. So thank you as well.
0: Anytime. It's my pleasure.
3: Well, my name is Maria. I'm 49 years old. I'm definitely the oldest one in here, including the track. (laughs) I was born and raised in Salzburg in Austria, and I was working my whole life in travel agencies. So I traveled my whole life. And 17 years ago, we met. We kept on uh, traveling. And eight, nine years ago, we decided... Doing bigger trips, you know, when you when you working, you just have four or five weeks of holidays, so it was always not enough. So we decided on finding a vehicle and doing bigger trips, and so we decided to buy this one, and we already started the world the last five years now, With us and Lennox.
0: When you started working in the travel industry, were you always attracted to travel as a kid, or why did you end up going into it? As
3: a job my parents also traveled a lot with us mm-hmm. kids just in Europe you know always with car but they traveled with us and I love being surrounded by people I love seeing new cultures new landscape I love languages the food so all these things together I always love traveling
0: what kind of trips were you doing when you were doing that job
3: well completely different ones like, that- like this yeah so you get invited by two operators, you know, if you do good jobs, you get invited and they show you for sure the best they have, you know. So I was used to staying five-star hotels and totally different. It's cool as well, you know, because, you know, another side of the travel industry. But this all was, I think, 20 years ago. So even this world has changed a lot. I was happy leaving all this behind me because it changed a lot and I didn't feel comfy anymore. Mm. I loved it for a long time. Now we are traveling like this.
0: What were the different sides that you saw? Like in your job, you saw obviously the like high-end hotel side and everything was planned for you. And they, right. you saw what they wanted you to see in a way. And now you're seeing it all based on your experiences and being traveling as a family rather than as an industry person.
3: Right. Well, I see what all this, how do you say... I see what all the travel industry is doing with the, with the whole world, you know. I saw behind the scenes now. I got it. Which I didn't do when I was young and just traveling, you know. Right. Just enjoying the beautiful and nice things. But now I think all of us, we really realize what it also means traveling for all of us, you know. What it means for the world, for the planet, the change, you know.
0: What were some of the biggest or most impactful changes that you noticed that when you
3: realized you were like, I don't want to, I don't think I want to do this anymore? Well, it started with, I think when the internet came, you know, it started only becoming a price matching. No one was any more interested in information about cultures or stuff like that. You know, they just wanted to have the cheapest flight, the cheapest cheapest and best hotels. And then I realized, well, that's not me anymore. I want to tell people more about places I know, not only Look, that's the best five star. Here you can get the cheapest pizza, you know.
0: That's really interesting.
3: Now we use Google Maps for that.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) What were some of the trips that you did when you were growing up that were really memorable?
3: We traveled. I have two brothers. So we traveled in a car to Italy, to the beaches. We traveled with buses, 50 person in, in it, to Spain and Greece, Croatia. Well, all this, we always went to the sea. With my parents here for a week, relatives, you know, cousins, and so sometimes 20 people, all of us.
0: It must be really interesting to go back to those places now, like you guys went to Croatia when you first started traveling and you were there as a kid. Mm. Was that interesting to see or did you kind of not remember or how was that? Well,
3: I'm not sure if I can remember. It's more imagination how it was 20 years before you know because i now i'm already told you 49 so i saw some places in different stages you know but everything is changing yeah For everything sure. is becoming more 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 and
0: it is, i think it's important as a traveler or as a tourist to think about those things and think about where your money's going and i think a lot of people you know they especially in north america we we may only get two weeks of vacation mm-hmm. time and we're like how can we make this the cheapest fastest
3: vacation i know possible. i know but yeah yeah maybe that's and it's okay you know if yeah. you only have got this time in a year it's okay but i think you really should think about it a bit more than just going there doing all the highlights spending your money done next year coming back maybe you know you should think a bit more about it yeah what's going on what about the people and but it's a totally different kind of experience you know being on a foreign in a foreign country for two weeks or if you have time and really can travel and experience it so
0: yes yeah being a conscious it goes deeper when you have the time yes
3: so absolutely
0: what are some experiences that you've had that you felt like you went deeper you went to that level because you had the time in that place
3: while we are traveling now yeah sure Yeah, yeah yeah definitely i think it started with central asia okay and peak maybe was in indonesia you know when you're on hotspots spots like bali you know you have to see it you know you can't close your eyes because it's everywhere the litter the garbage everywhere and front beach lines the nice coffee shops you know it doesn't work together so if you don't start thinking seeing all this something is wrong with you in my opinion i don't know how to enjoy holiday in a five-star hotel and, and behind people are starving and the garbage is big you know I I don't know how it works
0: yeah tell me more about that dichotomy that you see
3: well it was for me it was because I'm always more in animals (laughs) for me it was Borneo when we saw orangutans you know we saw them in sanctuaries which is cool as well but we also got to see us in wild ones and thinking about that this maybe could be the only ones the last ones and we were allowed to see them that gives you a great feeling, you know. And then we started, you know, he has a, a drone and it's amazing in a way how to see it from above, you know, because when you're just traveling, everything is green and, you know, you, you think you're in the deepest jungle ever. But from the view from above, you can see it's all palm oil, you know, you really start to reason, And then you start realizing all your surroundings, you know, you see all the tracks with the fruits and People working on the fields and they're burning. So, yeah, this was a very emotional moment too. Everything in the water, especially when I saw Lennox, you know, he's the Aquaman in our family. (laughs) The Aquaman. And (laughs) swimming and surfing and snorkeling around corals, which are dying, doesn't make fun, you know. And he knows exactly what's going on so he's not one of the kids uh, oh mom look I see a fish so he knows what's going on yeah and it continues you know if he once realized that the world is running away it shouldn't I think you can't stop thinking about it you know yes I don't know feels
0: like what can I do Is there anything I can do? You know what I mean? You start rethinking
3: about your way of living, yeah. Right. You should.
0: (laughs) What are some... I mean, obviously, you guys have thought a lot about your way of living and your way of life. And the planet is very important to you. I can tell. What are some ways that you felt, like in your day-to-day life, there's a way that you can... I don't know make your impact a bit
3: less you mean what what we are doing by the nature of
0: it you're not in a house you're not using electricity you're not using a lot of water yeah I know that's
3: that's a that's the question you know the first thing when people are seeing us it's the old truck you know so and that's their common sense old truck you destroying the planet you know because you need lots of fuel yes they're right in a way but that's not the only thing you know this truck is nearly 50 years old so it's recycled we have solar panels and in the end if you much a normal household and us i think we're better maybe than them well for sure we use pl- uh, planes and this one goes on vessels but in the end so i don't feel bad
0: one time i added up all the kilometers that richard and i drove to south america and it was equal to the number of kilometers that somebody in north america drives in a year yeah <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay yeah commuting yeah. right because people have really some people have hours and hours of commuting it's interesting to think about for sure when you first decided to travel by vehicle was it a decision that you guys made together was it Anders' idea did you have it as an idea like how did that come together as a plan that you're mm. on board with <laughs>
3: I love traveling, (laughs) but he definitely came up with the idea. The goal was going to New Zealand. It was always on top of our traveling list. And then me being in a travel agency, you know, I knew exactly flights, camp, it was too expensive for all three of us. And then you want to stay longer, you know, not only five weeks. We decided. Well, maybe we're looking for a vehicle and drive down there, step by step, you know. But definitely, he was the one pushing, pushing it.
0: When you were talking to Liad, he was saying that there weren't as many kind of overland-specific blogs or vehicle truck-building blogs to look at. So, how did you guys kind of figure out? Oh, it's actually possible to drive there. Did you just see somebody else do it? Or did you think of it yourself because flying is expensive? Or do you remember? Was it just like, <laughs> let's drive?
3: No. And you're right. There was not that much you can, could read about it. Mm-hmm. So what's the best way to go to? Or what do you recommend? You know. So I don't know why we decided to go the east side. Was the plan going to New Zealand? So we drove east. And during the trip, it wasn't possible anymore to do the, the route we have planned because ah. Thailand was closed and for some reason, so we had to decide what to do. So we did the whole east side to Vladivostok and then, yeah, step by step. So we had to change plans very often.
0: What were some of the most memorable experiences on that kind of Silk Road, Central Asia, Japan, hmm. Korea? indonesia yeah. <laughs> it's a lot <laughs> well, of different types of yeah
3: right cultures yeah right there. yeah well the Road is is just amazing when you see people running around smiling kids are waving and you and you see their homes and the places they live you know they live such a simple life but but they are yeah they're definitely more happy than we are being in this amazing landscape you know tajikistan the mountains you know it's incredible russia is like you think russia is you know the people are kind of rude but you need to go deeper and then they're super super friendly we figured out they do need vodka for surviving in russia Japan was amazing. We've been there in winters. Skiing is incredible. I always didn't know when people were talking, ah, oh, the snow in Japan, it's amazing. I always thought snow is snow, but it's not. <laughs> yeah, Indonesia being a year besides the ocean and mm-hmm. the culture, you know, the food. and.
0: In Japan, what's the uniqueness of the powder there? The Japao, they say, right?
3: I don't know. It feels different
0: so you guys went through iran uh what was your experience
3: like there as a female first of all iran is a it's a beautiful country but for women it's a bit well i experienced it like that it's it's definitely harder than for men you have to cover your whole body you have to wear a hijab you know and Mm -hmm. well it depends on the area the north is very religious so you even have to wear this Like a a broker. There's so many different names, yeah. So, and you're not, you know, coming from Europe or so many other places. You used to be a woman, you know, but you don't count there. So, I have one story. We went into a bazaar buying some stuff and I paid the guy and he went out of the the shop with the change to him and gave the change to him and not to me. (sighs) So, he left me standing in the shop completely alone, you know. They don't talk to you really well it depends there are exceptions as well but normally no one is talking to you you're always walking behind your husband and stuff like that and you need to get used to it you know Mm -hmm. it's it's hard because i know people 30 40 years before it was like here you know yeah. And I know we talk to so many people and women are not happy over there. So, and under their broker, they are dressed like you and me, you know. Right. So, it's, uh, um, there are two worlds, you know. Yeah. The one, they're living out of the house and the one, they live inside with their families. So, and I think it's hard living like that. You can't be yourself.
0: Were there moments where you had an experience that was different from the males you were traveling with because you were a woman? Like, did you get invited into somebody's house and have a different experience than they did?
3: It's. I think Lenox is opening up doors as well, you know? Sure. So They
0: love families over there. Yeah. yeah.
3: And the Iranians, they do, you know, they can't leave the country. So it's very, very hard for them to cross the border they do this to the tourists because they expect they're doing the same for them when they're visiting their country you know ah. we told them well man try it <laughs> come to Salzburg and knock at the door I don't know if that will if that will happen so yeah but they are super friendly they're so nice but it's too much in a way you know no means a no no thank you but they don't accept gotcha Yeah. That makes it hard sometimes.
0: Did you go for dinner at somebody's house? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah.
3: When we arrived in Iran, there was Norris Festival. It's kind of New Year. Is it New Year, the Iranian New Year? So the Iranians, they like to go out and having barbecue. And so all the parks, they're full with locals. So we parked in front of one of of these parks and we got invited from all the families, you know, sometimes they really started fighting. Oh no! So yeah, and they all wanted us to sleep in their house, and because they have air condition, you know, and we don't. So it's really nice.
0: It gets pretty hot in Iran, obviously. But I was hearing a little story about when you guys were in the desert and it was fifty degrees Celsius, and right, you get yeah. stuck.
3: Right. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about yeah. that experience. Well, it was his idea. He wanted to go into the desert and we didn't have a good map. Just a few pictures, I think. I can't remember. And we didn't go very far into the desert and then we got stuck. So it was super hot outside. I think really 45, 50 degrees. We couldn't make it out. So we had to shovel and dig and use the sand plate. Well, we tried before without the sand plate, plates but didn't work and in the meantime a, a sandstorm was coming up so it felt like hundreds thousands of needles are hitting your skin so but in the end yeah we we, we made it totally sweaty dirty exhausted full of pain we jumped into the truck and Lennox was in said yeah well can we go on now what have you done outside you know so wow. he didn't realize but it was really yeah hatch up. Yeah, that must have been stressful
0: the elements though it's you're living outside and the weather is changing depending on what region you're in and you may not be in the best time of year to be there when you guys first started out were you kind of planning quite a bit or were you leaving things a bit loose and going with the flow has that changed longer road? Yeah.
3: i think it has changed several times Ah. So it took us a while to figure out how it works in a truck uh, how how to live in a truck. you know nobody knew what to do when do we when should we get up breakfast i we didn't know lots of talking was necessary, and we slowed down and but we had to figure out everything when to work, when to do school work, do you have to do it every day? you know it's. In the end, it's a normal life like everywhere and you need to learn by yourself what's important for you, what works best for your family. So, But it took us a while to go into it and during the trip, it changed several times. So I think we're still too too fast Mm -hmm. to experience the country and to have time for each other, you know. But bureaucracy and stuff like that doesn't allow really traveling like you want, you know.
0: What has been kind of a good balance in terms of that for you guys? Cause it's you said this changed a little bit, and you're kind of getting closer to it, does that mean you have a little bit of a schedule or no schedule? Or yeah, I think you, you a need routine? a
3: bit. Yeah, you need yeah. a bit of a schedule and, and and a bit of a routine. I think you should plan also the next. Days coming, what to do. We too, most of the time when Lennox is sleeping, we discuss what we do the next couple of days. So, but we do have a routine here in a way.
0: What are some things that you guys do every day? Obviously eating, you know, but yeah. are there certain things that you've intentionally decided to do every day?
3: Well, you know, most of the time every day looks different, but the thing I really do love is having dinner all three together. I don't know, it's hard to say.
0: Every day is so different because you're right, usually in a different yeah, place. Yeah.
3: Well, same we try to, to figure out, to do stuff what we all three of us uh, are interested in, which is not that easy all the time. So,
0: oh, does everybody have kind of different things
3: they're interested mm, in? It's changing. <laughs> yeah? No, in the end, we most of the time do like the same things. Okay. Do you you know, it, kind of it's thing? hard. You, you, you're going somewhere and then suddenly... You have to climb because there are the rocks. You have to hike because there are the mountains. You have to dive because here is the sea. Yes. But what is if I'm not in the mood? Right. (laughs) You know, which happens sometimes, you know.
0: Sure. But
3: in the end, it's super cool being on spots where you can do all the different stuff.
0: Are there any specific dishes or recipes that you have all picked up from your travels?
3: Well, there are definitely some I brought from at home and we still love them. Ooh, what's that? (laughs) So I don't know if he talked about uh, Austrian Kaisershmann. No. No. It's a sweet thing. It's a dessert, and it's most of the time it's served in ski chalet, uh, right after skiing. You know, it's really nice. What is it like? It's um, kind of a, a pancake, but you slice it and put apple and ra- apples and raisins in it, and then roast it a bit. So, but it's pretty similar to, mm. to pancakes.
0: Do you make that then? Yeah. And this you?
3: one went well all the time when people helped us, you know. What could we offer them except being thankful, you know? Right. So we started making a Kaiserschmarrn for them to show them, well, that's an Austrian dish. We really hope you enjoy it and thanks for everything, you know? Aww. So this one went around the world with us. So I made it so often. Sometimes just for them.
0: It's sounding familiar. I feel like it was in an issue of Overlander. Yeah, it was right. Chef. <laughs> right. <breast laughs> was right. Like, mm, I've seen this uh, <laughs> apples, and I remember this. What you wrote Yeah, food. right. So That's really lovely.
3: Lennox talked about Japanese family. They add it with chopsticks as well. Nice. That's <laughs> so funny to see. I love it. Oh, are there foods? that you uh miss? yeah. There's some some ingredients I can't okay. find, like- and semolina semolina yeah. mm-hmm. i don't know yeah. well i think you need to go in in really special shops to find but well i'm not happy with your so- with sausage and cheese it doesn't take like at home it's I, the same in yes. Australia. I don't blame Canada or you know, <laughs> the U.S., so it's a, the same thing in Australia. Yes. So
0: You're not the first person who's told me that. Nah? You, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. There have been other uh, European overlanders are like, so what's up with your cheese and why is it so expensive?
3: <laughs> yeah, right.
0: Was it pumpkin soup recipe mm. at some point, too, that looked yeah, really then, good and with some Indonesian noodles.
3: spices? Yeah, it was with uh, coconut milk and then the worst noodle that's the dish Ooh. I brought from Austria as well. Oh, After a nice. long driving day, it fills your stomach and you're fine. So oh,
0: I love it. <laughs> I feel like we could do uh, an Overland Journal food
3: podcast and I could just do that. There's so many things because you asked about dishes from other countries. Oh, yeah. I always love going in foreign kitchens and, and watching what the women are doing or even I'm allowed to help. And it's more about, you know, in Indonesia, I was in a kitchen, I even couldn't realize it's a kitchen, you know, and she, they show you things you can't make, you know, you can't find the ingredients or the fruits or the wedges they use. It's just amazing watching and trying after it.
0: They must have had a lot of fresh, everything, and beautiful spices. Yeah,
3: starting with Indonesia, yeah, Yeah. in in Central Asia, it's hard Mm -hmm. to get. It's hard to find fresh stuff. Right. They don't have supermarkets like we are used to, so it's hard.
0: So were you mostly going to small markets there or stocking up on canned and potatoes? And
3: no, like? we always try to cook uh, fresh. Yeah. And well, it depends totally on the country, you know. I don't want to spend days for for looking for good food, you know. You could spend hours on that. Most of the time, we, we go to normal supermarkets.
0: In, in Central
3: Asia, how does... Did- in Central Asia, there are no supermarkets. They're just wooden shacks where ah, you are lucky to buy half of a cucumber or maybe a bottle of milk. So there are not hundred thousand of different milk things. You know, just one milk, one tomato, maybe three potatoes. That's the big How did different. you make that work? food-wise?
0: What did you make or how did you...
3: Well, the kitchen needs to be more simple, you know? Yes, for sure. It's just if you you use that, you can buy your stuff every day, freshly. You can cook like this, but if you only have potatoes and carrots and maybe noodles and rice. That's what you're having. So that's what you have, yeah. You can
0: get creative, I guess. In a way. must have been interesting to come back after that trip in or a specific area that like the Central Asia section and go into a supermarket mm. like a big supermarket yeah. yeah and see like 47 different types of
3: toothpaste you right. know? it's yeah. shocking sometimes yeah
0: how did that feel for you When
3: yeah well I don't know what to buy you know there is I just want to have milk <laughs> and you're standing in front of it for hours it's Kim milk 1% 2% 3% I don't get it I don't understand why people why we need all of this mm-hmm. you know Why isn't just milk enough? I don't know. I don't get it.
0: I had that same experience coming back. I was in the U.S. and we had finished our Pan American trip. And I went into one of the grocery stores and I was like, oh my goodness. Like indecision. Or yeah. decision fatigue. Yeah. I don't know if that's a thing, but it was completely overwhelming. But sometimes overwhelming.
3: it happens. Sometimes you're so overwhelmed that you just leave your trolley and get out. So interesting. And never go shopping when you're hungry.
0: That's just a good life advice. Tell me a little bit about your role in the education program with Lennox. Because he was talking about how you teach him some things.
3: Mm -hmm. Well, I started with him four years ago. I'm doing the basics. Mm -hmm. So uh, I always buy the books concerning the grade he is. So he did great the last couple of years because of Corona, we had to ship back two years ago. And he attended a public school there for eight months and he had no problems. You know, he really... Is doing great and and well. He already explained it. We are not we are not doing it on a daily basis. It depends, as he already mentioned. We haven't done it for a long time right now, but we made a commitment when we back at home in Austria for a month, from Monday to Friday. Like all the other kids being at school, we do schoolwork as well, and it's one by one, you know. It's way faster, so and I can see way faster where he has problems, and we can work on that. Yeah, so the basics is is my part. Gotcha. So, math and German, and we started with biology, but we are doing it out of the books, and they are doing, well, history, geography, I think you already explained. Yes. Yeah.
0: What are some of the challenges and some of the rewards of a homeschool
3: program? Mm. Well, it had to be being the mom and the teacher at the same time, you know, because I I saw him when he uh, was at school, you know, my teacher said, my teacher said, I think he's never going out. My mom said, you know, (laughs) that's sometimes a problem, but you can enjoy everything so much more. You know, there's no pressure about time, about homework, because you're deciding when and what. So, and that's priceless, I think. Good balance. We can travel whenever we want. We don't need daycares. It's really cool. That's great, but like you said, it's it's also the other side. Being together 24 hours, seven days a week, it's challenging, yeah.
0: How do you take breaks?
3: <laughs>
0: like, do you take breaks? Do you well, not take breaks? Yeah,
3: I think. How do you do that? Yeah, I think I'm the one who needs time. I need time for myself. Mm-hmm. I think they don't need it that much, like I do. But I love being alone, so it's sometimes hard. But in the end, I think we're a good team. So we know and see what the other one needs at the moment and give him room or space so we can talk to each other. And if I see he's on, I don't know, exploding, I can send him so... Yes. And vice versa. So it's hard, you know, because especially Central Asia, it was so beautiful. But you only get 30 days. The right. countries are huge and the roads are not like this. Mm. And you want to stay longer, you know, but you can't. So you have to go on and go on. Bureaucracy is chasing you. Definitely in countries where visas do exist. Yeah, And also, you know, it's not having a break for for yourself. It's also a break for the family. It's hard, you know. We just parked here. I was just preparing breakfast and someone knocked at the door and started talking. And I told them, I'm sorry, I just want to make breakfast maybe later, you know. But in a way, they all think they are the first ones and they're all asking since five years the same questions, you know. And this is destroying your privacy as well in a way. Because sometimes you're lucky and find a beautiful place and then someone is coming. And started, you know, it's not well. The tour begins. Again. The tour begins, yeah. right? Yeah. Sometimes you're in a mood, you love it, and it depends who is talking to you. But in the end, it it kills your privacy as well, in a way.
0: Sure, especially in the populated
3: areas. Right? Yeah.
0: It's good for people. That's to
3: why like we that. are complaining about Canada at the moment, you know, because it's so hard for us to find a spot where we could be just yes. the three of us, you know. Yeah. Hopefully soon. And that's the next one. <laughs> why are we blaming all the people you know we are exactly like them we just want to have fun in a beautiful area you know Mm -hmm. so it's all a circle sure
0: thank you thank you so much for taking the time and everything i appreciate that so much
3: again thank you
0: well thank you so much for being on the overland journal podcast Uh, thank you to all the listeners for taking the time to listen and we'll catch you next time thanks